Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to episode 19 of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. And this week, what have we got? We've got birthday books this week. I'm actually really excited. I'm always very excited to record with you, but like this one's extra special because birthday books are the best and I didn't get very many this year. And this episode drops on my birthday. So it's like an extra, extra special episode. So it's like a birthday supreme. Yeah. So all of you guys listening, the day that it drops will be, you actually will be celebrating my birthday with me because this year it's a virtual celebration of my birthday due to the current world we live in. So welcome to my birthday celebration. If everybody could please raise a glass of whatever you would like to drink and enjoy. To Krista. To Krista. Happy birthday. Yay. And happy birthday to Rachel who had a birthday earlier in the month. Thanks. This is what, our seventh or eighth birthdays together? Um, yeah, because your first birthday that I celebrated with you was your 21 run. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so that's seven. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at us go. I know. Also, I I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I think everybody else who turns 29 with me this year, we've agreed uh, that we get to stay 28 for another year since we can't really celebrate our birthday with our current affairs. And so we have we still have two more oh, years until we turn 30. It's not, it's not real yet. Yeah, I'm not in my last year in my logic. 20s because it's not, it's not a real birthday. It doesn't count. I'm on board because that means that like me, you, and Suze are all the same age now. Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like I've caught up. Yeah. Welcome. How does it feel? This it's nice. Perfect. Yeah. It's wonderful to be here. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've been waiting for a moment like this. Silver linings. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, I guess I will go first. Yeah. So wanna... first of all, thank you for my birthday book. This is yeah. freaking great. What oh. were you going to say? Good. I was just going to say if you wanted to explain to the listeners what we did for this episode, how we picked our books. Um, I mean, did we have a method to the madness? Because oh, I we just picked one for each just... other. That was all. I was just yeah. Getting... We just picked books for each other. Okay. Yeah. I was like, was there anything no. other than that? Did we do no. anything special? Did I miss a memo? I just wanted to make sure that they knew that we picked them for <laughs> okay, each good. other. Yeah. Yes. So we we gifted each other books for our birthdays this year. Yeah. So that was good. But we did, we do have a lot going on in our lives outside of this podcast. So we tried to pick short books and then I went for a book that I really enjoyed. So that's what I got Krista because I felt mm-hmm. like that's what she would like. And then and I, I think you just picked one off of like a bestsellers list. I found it. So I was, I had one that I was going to pick for you and then I was reading reviews and I found out it was a short story and I got super bummed. Mm-hmm. And then I was just clicking through Instagram stories one day and it popped up as like because I follow random publishers and it just popped up as like a newer release that you might like and I was like well Instagram I do like this and you know who else would Rachel so you were correct good um I really enjoyed this so first of all this book is written so every other chapter um is like the main character Sadie's point of view so okay let me let me back up it's called Sadie by Courtney Summers. But the thing I love the most was the format of it, where every other chapter is Sadie's point of view and then a podcast that's telling Sadie's story a few months later. 
oh that's fun so i honestly read like the description of this book and i said yep that's the one and i know nothing else so oh so excited um yeah so it's pretty great i'm trying to see if it starts off with podcast or story um it starts off with podcast okay so basically i really enjoyed this because a podcast kind of gives you like a logical progression of like the outside world looking into what happened to sadie Mm -hmm. right and then sadie's is like what is happening to sadie right now and so what i think is really interesting is that like sometimes with the podcast is researching and spending all this like energy on like looking down this rabbit hole you already have seen sadie's perspective and what actually happened and they're looking in the wrong place Mm. like you can watch like the podcast people and like the people they're interviewing getting frustrated that they're not getting where they need to be and not understanding what's happening but you've already seen what happens and so you're like well you're looking at the wrong thing like you're not you're missing a piece so i really love that about just like the format of it like i thought that was really clever and it made it a really quick read too Mm -hmm. um it took me a little bit to kind of get into the rhythm of like podcast sadie podcast sadie Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know how like it does when they alternate because it's pretty drastic like i think it's like a nine month difference um uh between like when sadie's doing what she's doing and when the podcast is investigating right so um that took me a little bit to get into but overall i really liked this book okay so the story oh boy this story is nuts. Okay. So Sadie had a drug addict mother, right? Mm-hmm. And a sister, Maddie. They don't, her and Maddie are half sisters. They don't have the same father. They're six years apart. Um, but because of this drug addict mother who is always with some random guy or off getting high or drunk at home, um, Sadie basically cared for Maddie, like acted as a parent. They live in this like trailer park where um they have like a surrogate grandmother, May Beth, and she such like checks in on the girls. Name. It's such like a yeah, a grandmotherly name. I love mm-hmm. it. And so she would like check in on the girls and like keep an eye on, I believe Claire. Yeah, Claire is the mom's name. Um, try to keep an eye on Claire and like try to point them in the right direction and you know, that kind of thing. She would always be there to like give Sadie advice or like give them food or whatever they needed make sure they got to school um because claire had sadie really young and then her mother claire's mom died too like around the same time so like the circumstances in which claire had sadie were pretty tragic as well Mm -hmm. so like just all together this this little trio of ladies is not having a great time yeah um so at age 13 maddie disappears so they find her body Oh, no. Um, we're going to have to just put, like, a full-on just, like, murder, sexual assault trigger warning at the very beginning of this, of my book, because that's pretty much the entirety of the story. Okay, so um, from, like, here on out, trigger warning. From, like, here on out, that's pretty much what I'm going to have to start talking about. Like, it's going to be intermittent, so I can't really, like, parse it up. Um, <clears throat> so Maddie disappears. And, like, basically what the town knows and what the podcast knows is that, like, Maddie was seen getting into a truck and hadn't been seen again. And then they find her body in like an orchard. Okay. Okay. So not much longer after Maddie dies, Sadie disappears. Oh, that's not I think it's like a couple of months tops. Oh geez. That's really fast. Right. Right. So Sadie's surrogate grandmother 
contacts this podcast person who's like an investigative journalist and was like, I really want you to look into this because I don't want another dead girl. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't found, there's no body. They found Sadie's car, but they didn't find Sadie and they don't know where she went or who she was seeing. Like they don't have any information. Right. So that's basically where this whole story kicks off. Like you get all of that information basically like right off the bat, chapter one. Oh, damn. You get like all that backstory because like you have to know all that information. That's like what a podcast intro would do though. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? love, I love like, when books do that though, where they don't spend half the book just with like background knowledge. It's just like, brah, here you go. We're moving on. No, I think that's going to make it a little challenging for me to explain chronologically though. So I apologize if I do jump around a little bit because it's like, oh, right. There was this other piece, but it's because I have to go between Sadie like eight months ago and then the podcast, which is like current. So like timelines get a little messy. Right. Um, so next chapter is Sadie. So I'm going to start kind of interweaving Sadie podcast. It's going to get a little complicated. Um, so Sadie, as soon as she leaves, uh, the trailer, she has decided that she needs a car. She ditches her cell phone. She buys a car like for cash from some pregnant lady who was really like desperate to ditch it. So she buys this like cheap beater car and just starts driving. And basically right off the bat, you know that Sadie thinks that Keith killed Maddie. Do we know who Keith is yet? Right off the bat. Nope. Oh, we, so we just have a Keith, an unknown so you Keith. Just, you start, you just start going. And so okay. as you start, as she's oh, driving. Oh, that's right. Cause it's Sadie's kinda, point of view. And she knows Sadie's point of view. That's right. That's right. And okay. she was just like, I'm going to kill him. Right. So she heads to Ray's diner. And along the way, I think she starts thinking about who Keith is to give the reader background. Um, basically, Keith is her mother's ex who showed up suddenly right before Maddie disappeared. And so as a reader, it's like, okay, so she thinks he has something to do with why she's gone. Yeah. Right. Not sure why, how, whatever. Um, <clears throat> that makes sense. So she, she goes to this diner, Ray's diner, because she heard him talk about it and say that he was a regular once when her mom was dating him like 10 years ago at this point. Um, maybe, maybe like six years ago. Yeah, like six years ago because she's only like 19. Mm-hmm. So he was part of their lives for like a year and a half or two when she was like, like 11 to 13-ish, somewhere in there. Okay. So he was like the most, one of the most significant boyfriends her mom had because she had some that were in and out, right? So she heads to Ray's diner and she has a stutter. So all of Sadie's interactions with humans are challenging and she oh. gestures a lot and people think she's dumb and like make fun of her, but she's just, she just, she just has a stutter. She was like, I don't do it when I'm by myself. I never stutter when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Like, and like when she's talking weird. to herself in her head she probably doesn't stutter like right and so it makes her investigating very challenging too so which makes sense why a lot of like what goes on is in her head like a lot of a lot of the lack of dialogue i guess story happens in her head um so she goes into this diner and she like tries to kind of just like be nonchalant but she like has a hard time ordering a cup of coffee and then they like kind of give her shit for the stutter and then they're like you can't just sit around here forever and she was like yeah okay but i have a question to ask you and so she like is trying to ask them about keith if they've ever seen him and she can't get it out so she pulls out a photo it's like of her family with him and she was like I'm looking for this man. Like, that's what she says. Or she writes on the back of the photo or something. And she hands it to the waitress. And 
she was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen this person. You can leave now. And she was just like, why are you lying to me? Like she says yeah. that to the waitress. She's That's like, so you're abrupt. lying. Oh, and no like, stutter or anything. I think she, she did stutter. Oh, damn. I thought she was going to have like a, you're a oh, no. liar. She stutters Ooh. basically every other word that she says out loud. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's almost every other word. I'm just not going to stutter because I feel like. No, I get, yeah. No, <laughs> you I, know what I mean? I, I appreciate that. I don't think that that would come off well. <laughs> I don't think people would like that either. I no. don't want to do that to anybody. Yeah. So she basically accuses this lady of lying and she was just like, wow, that was rude. Like, and then she kind of gives her a little bit of information and was just like, go talk to that guy in the parking lot. Like, that's basically all she tells her is just like, go talk to this guy. Like he might know something. Like she's, I think she says something like, I haven't seen him in a while. Like get out of here, but doesn't really tell him much, tell her much. Um, so Sadie goes to the parking lot and I was like, Oh, obvious drug dealer because they're at a truck stop. Like this is, this is a truck stop diner. This is what it is. This is where she is. She knows it's sketchy. I guess she used to work at like a gas station that was part of a truck stop though. So she feels like kind of comfortable, like she can handle herself, but with the stutter and stuff, like people give her shit, but she has a pocket knife. Okay. It was Keith's that she wants to kill him with it. Uh, poetic justice. Poetic justice. Absolutely. So she goes into the back to find this guy who has some information that she thinks that she's going to need. And he was like, yeah, sure. And he tells her. And then he was like, it's going to cost you though. And she was like, okay, like how much money do you want? Like I have money. And he was like, I don't want money. And then kind of like, if it was a movie, it would fade to black at that point. Um, he did not want money, but his pants were down. So, so that happened. Hence, like I'm saying, there's a lot of like assault and like sorts of that kind of stuff. Yeah. This, yeah. We'll just put a, a massive trigger warning on your whole thing. Just straight off the bat. Um, I, I can't get around it or I'd avoid it guys. Uh, <clears throat> so she does get information from him though. She has, she has somewhere else to, to go. Um, so as Sadie gets her next piece of information, she's basically told, like, go talk to this lady because she had a relationship with him. And so she was like, okay, so I'm going to go to an ex who's probably going to know more information. But in this exchange, she finds out that his name isn't Keith, it's Darren. Or at least he goes by Darren. Huh. And he knows these people. So she inquires about Darren from here on out for a little while because that's the name that she was given. So she's like, okay, so he's changed his name since I've met him at least. Like, mm -hmm. it has been a little bit. That's true. Yeah, it's been uh, like six-ish years. Right. So she's just like, okay, so he's just changed his name. So now she's on a hunt for Darren. So then we go back to the podcast. Um, man, I don't want to give like everything away. But basically what the podcast does from here is they get to raise because they found the car, right, that Sadie had. Um, bought from the pregnant lady. And so they interviewed the pregnant lady who now has a baby. And um, she was just like, oh yeah, like I lost that car, but she knew where the girl was going. I think she asked her or something like for directions or something like that. She had some reason to know where she was going and was able to point them towards Ray's. So podcast person goes to Ray's. So they're like eight months and a few steps behind her. So like chap chapter wise, I see what Sadie does. And then I see the podcast chaser. Just like trying to catch her. Oof. Oh, and it's so mm -hmm. frustrating too sometimes. I'm like, oh, you're so close. Yeah, like just like- You made this, some assumptions. No, you should have asked that one more little question and you'd have her. Oof. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to freaking read this book. Right. Already, right? I know. Mm -hmm. Just like the format and just everything. So good. I, I debated keeping it and not giving it to you and keeping it as a book for me to read, but- 
I'm a good friend and I'll I let you borrow it. it. I'll even sanitize it and send it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I'll sanitize it again when it shows up for safety sake. Just in case. Um, yeah. So the podcast makes it to Ray's. And so they find out that she's looking for a guy named Darren because they're like, oh, she was asking about Darren. And podcast is like, oh, okay. So we're looking for a Darren. But like they talk to like the grandmother and then like people Sadie knew and they're like, no, I've never heard of a Darren. Like they I don't, don't know, know that it was Keith. Right. Oh, they don't know that. But oh, Sadie podcast. knows that this whole time. Oh my gosh. Right. So the podcast starts following this thread basically, right? And so they do follow that for a few more podcast chapters, but they're basically just keep running into dead ends because mm-hmm. they don't understand where Sadie's actually going. So Sadie goes and she talks to that girlfriend who was very reluctant to tell her anything, but eventually was like, okay, like I get that you've got like some beef or something with this guy. Like, I don't want to be involved, but he knows my brother. We went to school together. Him and my brother were friends. And Sadie's like, okay, all right, that's fine. I will go talk to your brother. Right. So Sadie goes, she gets back in her freaking car, yeah. drives again. She's just all over the dang place. And so she goes, drives another few hours to go find this guy, Silas Baker. And Silas apparently is like, like one of those like totems of the community. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like somebody that like everybody knows who he is. He owns a bunch of different bars. Like his he kids, supports like, the, he's the soccer team and he, yeah. Yes. Like the way his sister described it was just like, he was the boy. So he was, had better odds of doing, being more successful. So my parents poured all their money into him and he got college. Like that's how the sister saw it. Cause she lived in like a trailer. Oh, that is rough. Oh, yeah. She was like, poor. there was two of us and they had enough money for one. So he got money. He got it. <laughs> like he got Patriot. to go. Right. So basically she gets to this town and then she starts like Instagram stalking his children. Well, that's what Instagram's for. It's like a small town though. So like everyone knows everybody. Right. So she she finds out it's very weird. So she finds out that his kids like go hang out at this one bar. Like they're underage, but I guess this bar is like known for serving underage because this is a small town. Um, Small town. How can you serve underage? I guess you just let it happen. Because everybody knows and doesn't, everybody knows and doesn't care is why. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've moved on. Okay. I'm ready. You've moved on. You can accept it. (laughs) I've accepted and moved on. Yes. Uh I was a good enough reason. (laughs) um okay so she goes she ends up going to this bar cooper's and um she meets up with his like she like very strategically like doesn't meet up with his kids but meets one of their friends that she saw in the instagram photos and so she like introduces herself to them as one of his friends and they're like oh you must be that girl who just moved in who we haven't met yet and she was like yeah totes that's, That's me. me. What's like, my name again? Because like, I forgot it. Because my sister died. But she's giving her middle name. She's not giving her first name in, at this point. Like, as soon as she left, she starts giving her middle name. So it does make her a little harder to track because Lever. she's not using Sadie. What's Lever her middle girl. name? Um, I'm not really sure how to say it. L-E-R-A. Is it Lyra? L-E-R-A. I think Lyra sounds Lyra? right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lyra sounds right. Yeah. So that's the name she's giving. So they were like, oh, okay, like, that's cool or whatever. And one of the girls is kind of threatened by her because she's kind of, like, standoffish and, like, inquisitive, but, like, watchy, but also admitted to, like, having Instagram stalk them. 
but if you were like a high school kid who just moved to a a new town like you might do that if it was like the most popular kids in your school that's true because she's like what 19 ish and they're they're like oh you must be new at school and she's like yeah so they're assuming that she's in high school her senior that's yeah i yeah at that age i would probably admit to it if there was instagram back then nowadays i would never admit to anything i know better no that's creepy Uh uh-huh right right i'm 28 again that's creepy right um so up until this point sadie hasn't really said a ton about keith um other than like he would pretend to be her dad and do it like cruelly oh like dare her to say otherwise yeah um she said that like it was weird that like he never drank but would like encourage her mom to be like fucked up all the time so he was like an intentional enabler which is kind of psycho yeah that's a bit because he wants like extra control almost Mm -hmm. like he wanted her to stay fucked up so that he could do other things i don't like that at all i don't like it at all and then she also has like a flashback of him not technically doing anything in the flashback but alluding to him having done inappropriate things in her bed oh so there's like sexual assault as a child coming into play here yeah that's not good yeah so that um she has like some weird like ptsd moments like Mm -hmm. in the book so i'm not really sure exactly how to pinpoint where they happen but i know that up to about this point you start to figure out that that's one of the reasons she hated Keith is that that was happening to her as a child. So that was pretty fucked up. Um, And she, at this point is thinking that Silas has this affliction as well because the sister said he took him under his wing. Oh, so she's thinking like, Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So she like meets up with the friends or whatever they have like a good time but i don't think she gets that drunk because she ends up like driving later um and she ends up finding silas and like because she got some information about like where people were and all that stuff from their kids um so she ends up like finding silas and like following him Mm -hmm. to this abandoned house oh don't do that she's like this is weird what are you doing here and he like goes in for a while and he leaves and so she goes in and she's like looking around she's like okay well where could he go like there's a huge gap in the stairs and then she's like well he's like a six foot something dude like he could easily like step this gap like yeah it's big for me but he could he could do it so she like jumps the gap basically and she goes upstairs and she finds like pornography basically yeah like child pornography oh no i thought it was maybe just like normal people dirty oh no no like child pornography so she's like oh great excellent excellent um so she leaves um she ends up like telling the friend of his kids that she met javi like not telling him he like ran to her when she was getting breakfast the next morning and she was like quiet and he knew that she had the stutter and stuff but he was just like you're being weird like what's going on and so she like drove him to the house and like showed him and like told him who did it and, like, whose it was, and was, like, you need to call the police. Did you believe her? Yeah, he did, but, like, it oh. took him a while, and he okay. he did end up calling the police, but you don't really find that out until, like, way later. But he okay. does end up handling that part. Good, good. Um, but he did believe her, but it was a, it was a struggle. 
Um, so while he's at the house with all this porn pictures, she goes to the house that Silas lives at and she like sees his kids and they're like, what are you doing here? Like, we don't know you. And they were, she was like, oh, I'm meeting Javi here. He said to meet you here because at this point she's just like, Silas knows where Keith is. I need to figure out where the fuck Keith is. Um, and so Silas is there. And so she tries to like steal his phone. <laughs> He's, like, playing on his phone, like, in the kitchen, and then his kids, like, call to him, and he, like, sets it down and turns around, and she just, like, grabs it and, like, books it out the fucking front door, and I was like, yeah, he's gonna get you. Yeah, that's um, dumb. Step into the restroom or something, like. Right. I don't like, know. Like, lock just, a door or anything else. Yeah, stay in the house, like, because it's at least, like, less weird so, than. Less suspicious. Yeah. You just be like, oh, I mm-hmm. thought it was mine, and I had to go pee, and I wanted to, like, play Candy Crush, and it was yours. I'm sorry. This is Akko. Because he's obviously not going to suspect anything. You're just this, like, random right. friend of his friends. As long, like, as far as he knows, right? Like, he's not that, right. like, no parent is that attached of, like, and exactly, how do you know my children? And if you are, kudos to you. You don't have a crazy He did ask questions. House. And they were just like, oh, it's the new girl who moved in. And uh, exactly. so. And then he moved, she probably. She steals his phone. Okay. And he ran. And then he, run, he runs after her and was like, can I have my phone back? And he punches her in the face. Oh. And was like, who are you? And they were her his kids are like, oh my God, what are you doing like right close now? Close fist. And like I, I don't know, but like she's oh. like got like a broken bloody oh, that's, nose. That's it's all closed. Oh, that's it's, not good. This is all, bad. She's all beat up. It's Oof. bad. So he like beats the shit out of her and she's just he's just like, I'll call the police. And she looks at him and she was like, You can't. And he was uh, like, What do you know? That's badass. And so it's dripping down her out. face oh she is such a badass throughout this whole thing but think about it like her mom's a drug addict who abandoned them a long time ago so her mom actually left like three years before her sister disappeared so she's been taking care of her sister alone for like three years oh i guess i didn't realize that it was just her and her sister and then the sorry i wasn't sure at what point to insert it and then i got so far along that's Um, fine but yeah the drug addict mom does leave them before um so yeah exactly so she's so tough total badass pretty much um which does make more sense as to why she is on this rampage because that's that's all she has and uh may beth the grandmother always said that she was like on the sidelines of her own life and like maddie her sister was like the center of it so it's just like she's like it makes sense that she would go after for maddie but explanation of how i have sadie pictured in my head yep basically Mm -hmm. or that's basically what this is because she's Lyra right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So then she uh, she did find uh, Keith slash Darren's phone number, but it's Jack, actually. His real name is Jack. Fuck. That's what his name was as a child. So his real legal name is Jack. So now we're at three names for him, wow. but she did get an address. Ooh, good. So she did get an address. So that's good. Um, so at this point, the podcast starts explaining their childhood a little bit more. So the thing is that Sadie doesn't really explain it, but the podcast does. Mm-hmm. So it's like intermittent. That's why I wasn't sure where to like interject it when I was explaining Sadie's story because I'm not going to go chapter, chapter, alternate. Yeah. I think um, this is a good place to drop it in. Anyways. Yeah. So since it's come up at this point, I'll explain a little bit more about their background before she proceeds in her journey. Um, basically, Claire left like three years ago. And so Sadie has been caring for her sister ever since. And her sister went through like major depression, was like really upset about it. I mean, she was like 10 and her mom left. Yeah, you know? that's a big, that's a big and like thing. Claire and 
Maddie were really close because they were the most, uh, had the most physical resemblance, I guess, apparently. And like, I guess Sadie always looked most like Claire's mother and Claire hated that about her. Yeah. yeah. Which isn't really fair, but like it happens a lot. Like this is a pretty common family dynamic. Um, so it was, it like hit Maddie extra hard, but Maddie got a postcard like a month or six months or something after Claire left. And it was just like, I'm fine. Like be my good girl, but it's only addressed to Maddie and it's from LA. So Maddie is like, my mom's in LA. I need to get to LA. But her sister was like, we don't have the money for that. And then Maddie finds out that her sister has been like storing emergency money because her sister's trying to be responsible. Like what if something happens and we need to pay for food? And is actually having her three month planned money, which I can see yes. as, cause so what as Maddie is adult. 13? 13 and her sister's 19 at 13 emergency money is money. You won't let me Whatever go I to LA with, with it. and it's yes. not instead of, no, I get that. Oh, right. So, so Maddie was mad. And so this is kind of where Keith comes back into play. So you find out that um, Maddie, the night that, or the day before she disappeared, confronted Sadie and was like, why won't you let me go? Like, Keith is here. He says he'll take me. And she's just like, no, like, don't go with Keith. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. You're not going. Like, I'm going to work and you'll be here when I get back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, you know, like, like sisters slash mom does. <laughs> yeah. Did she have any kind of like legal right? They didn't or... talk about it. Oh, I'm okay. going to guess no. I wasn't sure if the podcast I mean, covered that part or anything. Probably not though. Yeah. No, they didn't. It probably wasn't something I'm they gonna really guess thought no, about. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that at one point they talked about like being worried that like CPS might come and take Maddie. They didn't want people to know when Claire had originally disappeared because Sadie wasn't an adult yet. That's right. Yeah. But now that Sadie's an adult, it's fine. But yeah, before, because she wasn't technically, but they also had Maybeth who was like able to watch them and stuff. So I feel like it's kind of a gray area when it's like, it's basically living in someone else's living room. Yeah. They probably like, would have been fine if it came down to it, but. Okay, I was just wondering. I wasn't, I couldn't remember no, if you had said something about that. So Right. So basically, that's when Keith came back is, and then Maddie disappeared the next day. So that's why Sadie thinks that Keith had something to do with it. Oh, because it was boom, boom. It was right around that. It was the same time. And Ooh, so she's yeah. just like, I went to work and she left with him. Like, that's what she is. This happened. This is what happened to Sadie. So that's why Sadie is on this freaking mission. And you find that out like only like halfway through the book. Yeah. Is that Keith did it. Like, that's what she thinks. And the podcast, still at this point, hasn't figured out that they're... Because <laughs> they think it's Darren. They think it's some random man named Darren. Yes, who's really named Keith yes. and really actually really, really named Jack. Because his parents like Jack. Right. So, <sighs> Sadie continues on her journey. And so, she's got this um, address. And she picks up a hitchhiker along the way. Don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> but here's the thing. She, like, picks up a female hitchhiker. That doesn't who, like, matter. Who gets scared of Sadie because of like her stutter and then she sees that she had like blood all over her shirt and she sees her pocket knife and she Does thinks Sadie is like a get murderer. Out of the car? Oh my god. Okay. So the hitchhiker ditches her. Pick up that hitchhiker. <laughs> I take it all back. I take it back. If you can pick up that specific hitchhiker when you're covered in blood, <laughs> you're a winner and you have good karma and you're going to the good place. Well, because she had, like, a button-up shirt over her, like, tank top, right? And so she took off that button-up and threw it in the back. And so Sadie fell, like, <laughs> fell asleep because they, like, spun out. And so she probably had a concussion from getting punched. Oh, I bet, yeah. 
honestly. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so she, like, the hitchhiker's like, it's fine, just, like, sleep for a little bit. It's not a big deal. And I'm a hitchhiker, I'll drive. She, she finds the bloody shirt and the knife in the back, and she was like, nope. And so the next gas station, she, like, nopes out of there. Also, I feel like the hitchhiker almost had a book named after her, but was smart and was like, yeah, I'm going to go um, call my mom turns out she stayed sexy and did not get murdered although she may have in the next car that she hopped into for all i know i don't know what her story learned from her mistakes and didn't just die sexy Mm -hmm. actually the podcast interviews her like way closer to the end so she's alive she's fine thank you hitchhiker is okay universe lords um but she did give the hitchhiker her real name and like gave her real information about her because she oh. was so tired and concussed at this point that she, that she couldn't come like, up with a fake she didn't she couldn't do it Mm-mm. between that and then fighting with her own stutter i bet that helps good right. job concussed brain that's all nice soulful job. right um but sadie doesn't have a phone so she had the hitchhiker look up the address and so the podcasters find out the address of the place that sadie was going they were to the find it after nine summer. months could your phone remember that stuff? The hitchhiker just remembered it. Oh. She was like, it's stuck in my brain. I can't even remember your address, and I've been to your house a bajillion times. I know that the number on it was 451 or 415, but, but I don't remember the rest of it. Your starts with a 5 and somewhere has a 2, and there's multiple zeros. You're correct. That's all. That's I've stopped. That's pretty darn good these days, okay? That's okay. pretty oh. damn good these days. Look at me being I'll a good friend it. on our birthday episode. Whew, I, was so I think worried. I may have remembered more, and I don't want to say it because we don't want people to show up at your house because that'd be weird. Unless they want to mm-hmm. buy it from you for like double market price. In which case, right? send us an email. She'll sell it to you for double market price. I'm all over it. And then you can say, I'm living in Rachel's house. I love our podcast. It's so great. Cash only. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I obviously I was not clear cash only for that double That's market clear. price. That's Thank clear. you kindly. Any Chinese investors need to buy a house in the suburbs? Yeah. Welcome to Absolutely. Seattle COVID. Okay, so where are we? Anyways, at? we're getting we're getting close to the end, so I'm gonna have to stop soon oh, because we're getting gosh. close. Okay, getting things happening. But anyways, so the address goes to a motel. Oh, I don't like that not, at all. Not to Keith's house. Not no. to Keith directly. A motel. And she's like, great. One other place I have to go to. So she goes to the motel and they're like, wow, your face is beat up. And she's like, yeah, I know. Can you tell me if Darren is here? (laughs) And they were like, no, like he's not here, but he comes by like pretty regularly. Like I'll let you know if he steps by while you're here. And so she buys two nights in like a shitty motel room. Mm -hmm. So she just like hangs out in her motel room for a while. Um, I don't remember exactly what she does in this motel room. It's not even really relevant. It doesn't really matter. No, she's probably just waiting, so it doesn't matter, I think. (laughs) Basically. Um, She ends up going back the next morning, I think, out to the reception to ask if Darren had been there, like, the night before, Mm -hmm. or if he was coming because it was a different person at the hotel front desk. So she's like, maybe this person knows. That's true. So she asks, and this kid has no idea. Like, he hasn't worked there for very long, but he does know Darren. And she's like, okay. He's like, oh, yeah, like, he got me this job. Like, way over shares way over shares tells her like oh yeah like we met um online because we have like a common interest at which point she's just like what common interest yo she's like nervous internally i was like maybe like um horseshoeing 
was literally yeah. my very first thought. And by that, I mean cleaning the horseshoes off of horses. Yes, that's ab- I, absolutely it. I need to. I need this quarantine time to end. I need new thoughts you in do. my brain. You do. You for sure do. <laughs> I don't even own a horse and I'm terrified of horses. Why would that be my You're first You're terrified thought? of horses? They, one, they can step on you and kill you. Two, they can bite your finger and eat it. Three, horses can eat and kill humans. Horses are terrifying. I rest my case. I had a horse roll me in a river once. I got to say it wasn't a fun experience. I was worried I was going to get squished and die. See? Not going to lie. You're, you're just really like aiming me up. I got lucky. I have pet a horse one time and it was a new babyish horse. I mean, it was big, so I don't know how old baby horse was. And I was being brave and I was petting it. And then mama horse walked by and she looked me in my eye holes and I ran away. And then they were like, okay, feed this horse a carrot. Keep your hand flat. And I did. And then as soon as I walked up, I realized a carrot looks like a finger and I threw the carrot at the horse and I ran away. And I've never tried to eat a horse since. And that was nine years ago, maybe 10. I'm sorry for you. Horses are terrifying and I hate them. They're lovely animals from very, very afar when I'm safe in a building because they don't have thumbs. Horses are not my thing. To be fair, I one time walked into a butterfly house and then immediately sobbed and found out I was afraid of butterflies. So, Oh, they're terrifying. They're just pretty they moths are. that are trying to trick you. And yeah, moths 100%. are horrifying. So. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. We could just do maybe one month. No, we should never just do a month of things that people like that we don't. Oh, Let's, my God. It would be like the longest episode on the planet. It'd just be the weirdest episode. Anyways. Really back to the importance. Sadie slash and Keith slash Darren slash Jack. All the people. There's so many names. It took me a little bit. Like, I, we get confused sometimes. Um, anyways, so Sadie slash Lyra talks to the front desk kid. And he was like, yeah, he like rents a room here. We always keep it for him. He saved the owner's life one time. He's a great guy, like all this stuff. And she's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. All right, tell me. How did he save his life? I don't really care. That's how she's she's feeling right now. Seems sketchy. Yeah, she's like, I don't believe it, but. Pretty much. Um, Anyways, and so he tells her like what room that he stays in. So she was like, all right, I'm going to go break into this room. So she probably, like, probably would have given her a key, dumb loser. I know, right? I was like, why don't you ask? Just Do ask. Better. So she's talking to the guy at reception, right? He tells her what room that he tells her what room Keith is in. So Keith is in room 10. She's like, all right, I'm just going to go into room 10. And so she, she like breaks into looks, room 10. Yeah, she does. hundred percent. Absolutely. Jesus. So she like looks around the building and like tries to do it like sneaky. Like she's like, I'll go in the <laughs> back window. And so she like punches in the back window, but then like slices open her entire arm punching yeah because turns out it's really hard to punch a window correct so she slices her arm open (laughs) goes into this room and it's like trash like there's like spoiled food everywhere because he doesn't allow housekeeping to go in there when he's not around and he only comes intermittently so oh, that's it's like gross. totally gross it's super gross in there but just let she's like in. getting her blood everywhere she's just like dripping everywhere just dripping blood everywhere <laughs> um <clears throat> it was ridiculous i was like oh my god girl you're gonna be found so fast yeah so you're not even trying to be hiding and also anymore. you're gonna be found to go to prison Right, because like found to be safe and entered, like it's not going to be good. Yeah, we don't think she's so, missing at um, this point. We know where she is. 
So she breaks into this room, she drips her blood everywhere, finds shirt tags, like cut out of shirts. Like the so thingy that you scan to buy? Like the tag on the back that says like, Oh, the itchy bit. The itchy bit. Oh, okay. So she finds these and they have girls' names written on them. That's And she gets to the last one and it says Sadie. No. Was she missing? Oh, no. And she was like, I remember this shirt. She's wearing that shirt in that picture that she was showing people to say, have you seen this man? Oh. He cut the tag out of her shirt. That was his trophy for all these girls. Side note. I wonder if I would notice if somebody cut a tag out of my shirt before I wore it. I don't know. But he cut it in a way that you could, like, still see the fabric. Yeah. So he, like, had to have cut it pretty drastically do you know what i mean because like otherwise you could cut it without the fabric Uh uh-huh but he did it so he could still see the fabric so he like cut it shit yeah it's weird huh i don't know i don't know anyways anymore so she finds that and then she like goes to go out the door and the kid from the front desk is there Mm. and he's like Whoa, what are you doing in here? Because he kind of had a feeling that she was going to do something scary. Well, if you're going to keep asking 900 questions and then break in, someone's going to know. Right. So she, like, gets in his face and she's just like, are you like him? Is what? What's your common interest, basically? Like, starts, like, confronting him to be like, are you like him? And he was like, whoa. Because she's got her knife out. And she's got oh. it to his throat. Shit. Scary. Okay. Like, that would scare the shit out of me, too. Uh-huh. And, like, the way she describes it, because it's from her point of view, is she's just like, this kid starts crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I absolutely would cry, too, if somebody had the freaking knife to my throat. Probably my pants, I'll be honest. Absolutely. So he basically talks her down, and he's like, you're injured. Like, let me help you. I don't have that in common with him. I did not know that about him. Why don't you tell me about it while I fix your arm? Because you bleeding. And so, like, he talks her into doing that, and as soon as she, like, pulls the knife from his throat, he just, like, sobs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely what you would do. Like, that's, that's very accurate. So, I like the way her d- the descriptions are, like, the way this author, like, describes human emotions. Like, they just seem very, like, real. Like, it doesn't feel like, an, like a story. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. feels more real. Like, it feels very real. And I really like that about the way that this author writes. Um, So she tells him about it and she finally convinces him basically to say like where he last knew of Darren slash Keith living. So that's where she's headed next. And that's where I'm going to stop because it starts to all collide at this point because this is almost the end of her journey and where the podcast leaves off. But basically the podcast in the end doesn't know if she's alive or not. Uh, what? They hope so. Shit. They, they follow her to the end, but they don't know. Shit, so I, I don't wonder, know. I wonder if they're going to do a second book. I don't know what they would do is the thing. There's not enough. That's true. Left yeah. for there to be a second book. But like. So it, it's one that we. Podcast leaves. It's one where we want more from the podcast. But from a book point, we wanted to stop. Yeah, because there's no more for a book. Yeah, there's nothing else to do it would be cool if they did like a follow-up like mini sewed like audiobook oh that, that would, would be, be cool. fun yeah do you know what i mean like that'd be a cool little like addition you can tag audible and be like make it happen yeah i'll tag the author and stuff but like that's kind of how i felt so 
I loved this book. I love the way it was written. It was a great journey. It was a really quick read too. Like I, I mostly read it in like three settings tops and it's only like 300 pages. Oh, so, good. That was the one that I was worried. Podcast, it's broken yeah. up. Oh yeah. I didn't think about There's that. a lot of white space. Yeah. Cause when I, the first book that I was going to pick for you was like 160 pages and then it was all short stories. Mm-hmm. And so this one was like basically double. And I was like, I really hope it still counts right. as Well, I short. told you I've been having a hard time reading too. So I did appreciate that. But this yeah. one, because of all the white space, I felt like it was easier. Good. Because good. once I was able to like sit down and get into it, it was okay. So that was good. I did struggle the first like half to like have myself sit and read. That was one I had I meant, I had thought about like looking to see if you could buy it on Audible just so that way you could have it or like maybe like borrow it from I library. I looked and you can. But... I did look after oh, okay. I was having a hard time getting, because it, like I said, it takes a little bit to kind of settle into the rhythm of like Sadie podcast. Mm-hmm. But once I did, like it was great. Well, so I might I actually really get it then on Audible because I still have like I bet it's outstanding good on Audible because of the format. Yeah, that's what I was just I thinking. I bet that would make it really good, yeah. I bet they have multiple author or uh, narrators. They probably have a, Sa- a Sadie narrator and a podcast narrator. They probably have Sadie and Mae Beth and mm-hmm. Claire and all of the random people that they interview. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look into cool. that because, yeah, because like I said, I almost kept it for myself and then I was like, okay, when am I going to read it? I'd have to talk you into doing a theme that worked with this book. And I was like, I should just be good and give it especially because the one that i had picked had kind of blown off and there was one other one that i was going to pick and i'd already started reading the book and i'm halfway through it and i just i didn't want to give it up yet i, I get it i totally get yeah. it i was like i'm already halfway through this book i want to know how it ends i don't want her to tell me <laughs> i want to know yeah anyways okay so i'm gonna jump into mine and yes please yeah so this is a book you've read multiple times right i think i've listen to it once and read it twice okay so this is the forest of hands and teeth by carrie ryan and then it has a little spiel at the top here of how do you kill what's already dead so one super stoked because this is obviously going to be some kind of apocalyptic something or other which i know you love so i was like that's on theme for krista exactly and then yeah so i'm just gonna jump right in there's gonna be a word that i can't pronounce and i'm just gonna make you say it for me so it'll be fine that's fine okay so this book is set in as i said an apocalyptic future so something has happened where basically and i kind of want to set the scene uh the ocean is no more at least where our main characters are there's no more ocean which once i thought about it a little bit more there's literally people who live in the middle states of the u.s who have never seen the ocean so that's just sad for that blows my mind i'm sorry that blows my mind yeah when they bring like a woman who's like a hundred years old to see the ocean for the first time and i was like i don't know i saw the ocean when i was like two like yeah i can't right Um, i could imagine that would be a whoa yeah and so yeah so there's like there's no ocean and they live people here they live within their fences and there's these things and so there are uh undead basically which you can get from how do you kill what's already dead and they are the hang on i'm gonna see if i can do it the un nope i gave up i gave up already unconsecrated unconsecrated so 
if you Google that word, which I did while reading, because I will admit, I'm not a good speller, reader, uh, grammar person. <laughs> it's basically a person who has, um, who like has either hasn't accepted or has denied. I can't remember re- like religion into their life because so the main character, her name is Mary and she lives in this community and this community is surrounded by fences and the piece, people who basically rule her community are called the sisterhood and then there's the guardians who protect it and the sisterhood is obviously made up of women because sisterhood women that's easy enough obviously because sisterhood and it's kind of if you've ever read any kind of dystopian type future where they have uh they fight against them quote unquote the man which is kind of where i feel like this book was kind of coming from where they're like well the men have always ruled so it's the women who have information this time kind of how i felt that they were going with on this one and so the sisterhood has i could see that yeah it's a common ish theme and by that i mean i've read at least one other book that followed the same theme um but the, so the sisterhood has all the knowledge. They know what happened before and they call it the return. And the return is when um, the unconsecrated, I don't know. I Consecrated. It, consecrated. Gosh, dang it. I'm never going to get that right. I'm it's gonna, okay. I'm just glad you like the book. I don't care. Say it however you want. We know what you mean. Yeah. You guys will figure it out. It's fine. Um, as this before, this is also, so the return is when they started coming back uh, from the death. And the only way that you can become one of them, which is, this is very important for uh, zombie lore, if you follow any of these, is the only way that you can come back is from being bit. My understanding in reading the book is if you just die of natural causes, old age, um, massive, massive blood loss, you do not turn. It's a very important distinction, I think, in yes, I think so too. zombie apocalyptic type turns. So it's about Mary and how, and this is, so I really liked the book. I enjoyed it. It was not what I thought it was going to be only because I kind of have like zombie apocalyptic. I have big things. And this one was a little more smaller small. specific of like, yeah, it's, it's very little, different. Yeah. But I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Yeah, it was good. Um, but so uh, one, I guess, okay, I'm trying to figure out how I want to, I'm just going to jump in, whatever. Where to start? It's, it's kind of hard sometimes on some of these books. So, and it's not as like, here's a start in like semi-end as yours, but also it does not help that I have had like two thirds a bottle of wine. We're fine. It is challenging to go second. I'm not going to lie. It's very hard to go second. Welcome to my birthday, friends. I love you all. (laughs) It's your birthday. Just pretend like you were here with me in person. Okay. So how it works in the community that Mary, the main character, lives. So like I said, the sisterhood rules all. And the sisterhood Mm -hmm. is based in religious teachings. So... As a woman, your basic life goal is to find a man, not to fall in love, 
Love is unnecessary. What is important is commitment. Commitment, commitment to one another and commitment to make more human babies who ideally well, I mean, turn the into end of the world. Yeah, that's literally the goal. Yeah. Repopulate. Yeah, we want them to turn into human adults. And so, but unfortunately, Preferably. the age group that Mary is in, it was a really, really bad year for babies. And not a lot of them survived. So it's basically her. And then there's this guy that she kind of really likes. He has a brother. And she has a female best friend. So basically, in their age group, there are four of them. So I guess fight for the one Odds you are like. Not good. No. The chances of you getting the one you want are 50 50. Here's to hoping they like you back. Turns because you don't get into... to pick, right? The sisters pick for you. Um, no. So the or men the pick. Community pick. Oh, the men, men pick. So how right. it works is that so they do celebrations every year. So the, um, sorry, my mic was spurshing there. The men will come and they will ask for you. And they'll ask for your hand which is lovely, but then they also ask your family member for permission for you. Which Which is nice. Sure, it's nice, and I don't like it in 21st century life, but in apocalyptic times, I still don't like it. I'm still not a fan. (laughs) Got it. That's fair. But I've moved on. I have accepted that this is how they choose to live their life. So you, a man comes and he asks if you'll be his commitment partner, make babies, all that stuff. You say, all right, cool. Nobody else asked. You win. And then. Wow. Later, how sad. It, that's pretty much honestly like how I interpret this is like, well, you're the only I one mean, I have because your options yeah, are well. you can either. So you've, you're a woman who's come of age, which they don't specify an age. And in my head, I put them at like 18, 19 because making them younger felt icky. I'm pretty sure it's like 16, but okay. I think I think it's actually closer to 15, 16, but I didn't like it because their brains aren't developed. So I changed them in my head. So your options are a man speaks for you and asks you to be his betrothed. Uh, your family member, your family loves you enough to wait it out one more year and maybe somebody else will ask for you or you join the sisterhood. And the sisterhood is just as like, generic nuns you know to hell with the penis we're just gonna control life and be good and men are just for procreation and like manual labor basically at this point which is fine because i like the matriarchal society i do i mean i'm a fan but i also want a little bit more of control of my own life i don't want to say because even i don't be forced into that yes because even in this like matriarchal one you still either pick a man or you join the sisterhood so that's true limited yeah. options so mary has so we're caught up so i i feel like i've kind of set the stage of mary's life so she yes. is coming up of age or where all these things are happening and her father has become an unconscrete unconsecrated which is not yes. how you say it he Fine. you got it is no longer one of the living he is a walking no longer living and the only thing that they oh, i guess one little bit and then I'm going to get jump into the book and it's going to be super fast. The only other thing about the unliving, the only goal that they have is to create more of them. So they will, they are willing to leave a fresh kill 
to stop eating this fresh kill if it means creating another fresh kill, which right. is important because just because they're eating one of your fallen, your neighbor does mean not mean, yeah, if you're, if you scream, they're coming after you. That's kind of an important distinction later on. But so either way, her father has freshly fallen and it's just her and her brother and her brother is a member of the guardian. So he is out uh, patrolling the fences, making sure they're strong, doing generic man patrolling things. Um, and she is basically man patrolling things. That's all I have. That's what men do. They patrol. They walk around with their guns and cute little uniforms. Yeah, that's it. I don't even know if it's a cute little uniform, but basically <sighs> that's what they do. And so she is basically in charge. You know, she kind of goes as a few little like. Um, she runs some errands and then she basically her main job is making sure that her mom does not get close enough to the fence that one of these undead i'm going to switch to undead because i'll never say that word right um can grab and bite because like i said a bite is what matters a scratch a tear will not infect you it is the physical biting of teeth into flesh yeah that that is what will turn you so uh, so she's out one day out of this like river bit and uh, she hears this and she's out there and she's like, oh gosh, I really should go back to my mom. But to be perfectly honest, I want like five minutes to myself. I just don't want to deal with this. Completely fair. fair. Totally understandable. I want that in my daily life and I don't even have like undead to deal with. Uh, this guy comes up and his name is, oh my gosh, why can I not think of his name? His brother's name is Travis. He is Harry. Oh, man. I should know Harry this. Oh, Henry. Yeah. Henry. Henry? I think Henry or Harry. I think it's Henry. That sounds right to me. Anyway, so this guy comes up. Pretty sure his name is Henry. Could be Harry. But 97% Henry. And it's like... And he basically asks her to, like, be his betrothed and, like, grabs her hand. And she's kind of like, eh, I really like your, in, in her head. She's like, gosh, I really like his brother more. He's way more attractive. And then Henry is like, yeah, Travis, but Cass. And Cass is Mary's best friend. Because as I said, there's literally only four of them. You don't get a whole lot of choices in your best friend at this point. Isn't Travis, like, really close to Mary, though, too? Like, they were close friends. Like, uh no well Isn't they are it? i thought travis was like her friend they're friends yeah more so travis than harry is slightly older or than henry. harry and they are friends but um it was mary and henry were like really really good friends like growing up they were super close as kids and then they kind of oh, like right yeah and then she was like well i'm kind of in love with your brother but yeah so and then she's like okay it's not like, like a it, romantic thing though between her and henry Harry, yeah, exactly. Henry, Harry, yeah, they're just like friends. Henry, Harry, that guy. We'll the just H stick man. With, we're gonna stick with uh, H. Henry, I think. Pretty positive. I think Either it's Henry. Let's do Henry. But so, like, before she gets a chance to answer if she's gonna say yes to being his betrothed or whatever, uh, the sirens That's go so off. So creepy. I don't like that word. I hated it. I think that like that made me dislike the book. That's I. I think betrothed maybe make the book from a five to a four. The concept Ooh, of just that word, a betrothed, and being well, because it continues on later where they're like, it feels gross. You're 
tied to your betrothed and you can't change your mind. It was those little bits where I was like, that's icky. Engaged like feels it. like more of a joint activity. Yeah, we have decided together. Versus or betrothed like, feels like a contract. My family Not sold like me that. for four goats. Right. Yeah. That's the feel. Yeah. So anyways, so the alarm goes off and this siren alarm uh, means that either like, you know, somebody has broken in or somebody's got too close to the fence. So it turns out mm-hmm. her mom got too the close to the fence because her mom has been searching for her dad like this whole time. Since <sighs> I mean, I get it. I get one, it. One trillion percent. Yeah, I get it. I'd let my mom bite me. Thousand percent. Hmm. Be worth it. I don't know. You'll see. So she gets back to town after this alarm has been going off and it is her mom and her mom got too close to the fence and her mom got bit. But then, um, and so, and her brother is still out on patrols of the fences and he's not going to make it back for like a day, day and a half. And depending how bad your bite is depends how quickly it is that you're going to turn. Can they cut your arm off to stop it? Is it one of those? Well, they never said. I wondered the entire time. Just and chop her arm off. I, yeah. I honestly was like walking dead, chop her arm right off. Do you think if it was you, would it be worth the risk? Yes. I would chop my arm I off. I think so too. Like either way, I'm bugged. Mm-hmm. Especially chop my arm it, off. Especially See if it's it an helps. arm. Leg, I'm a little more attached to. Also, that would be a lot harder to cut through. That's think- not one clean cut. No, a lot of cuts. you're going to pass out eventually, though. But I think the bigger one is how are you going to keep moving on and not be a detriment to the group with a missing le- like leg limb? That's a good point, especially if there's like no crutches. Yeah, exactly. Because you're in middle of nowhere, probably. But she got bit on the arm, right? Yeah, she got bit on the arm. She was, but like, they didn't leaning. try cutting her arm off. No. Okay, and they don't for her. anybody who gets bit. So either they figured it out a while ago that that didn't work. Or they never read dystopian yaw fiction. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you and I have both taken anatomy classes. Like, how long does it take the blood to circulate the body? Like, five mm. minutes or something? That's, that's no, There's no point in doing it after that point then because yeah, then the it blood just, is already It does depend, I guess, how the infection travels. Does it go straight to vein? Huh, too many follow-up questions. Either way. Anyways. So she I gets there. Yeah, I know. I didn't have an answer, though. So she gets down okay. to town and her mom's been bit. Um, and her mom decides, so basically when you've been bit, you get two choices. You can eat, they will wait until you turn and kill you immediately because they don't want to kill in a human. I don't, I never understood why until you've turned. Yeah. I was like, just kill him now was what I thought, but whatever. I wouldn't want to. I'd be like, kill me as I turn. Hmm. I don't know. Either way. I want all those seconds. Okay. Sure. Sure. Whatever. So yeah, so you can either uh, be killed as soon as you turn, or um, they will. They have this whole like system where they kind of put you in this no man's land, and they can shove you as soon as you're turning out into the forest. Um, and that happened because this woman, so her husband turned, and this was like I don't know how many years ago, decades probably. Her husband turned, and she uh, brought up this thing to the sisterhood, and she was like. I am uh, betrothed to him. I'm married to him. Uh, sickness and health till death do us part. Like this is him now, and now that I have turned, I should I should get to go be with him. And they were like, "Well, shit, girl." Oh right, she wanted to turn. That's a really fucking good point. And so because of this one woman, now it's a thing. So you can pick. And so Mary's mom 
wants that. She wants to go find her husband because that's what happened is that she's been staring out the fences since her husband turned, looking and looking, and she gets turned. And Mary is like, what am I going to do? Fight her on it? Like, who am I? Okay. And then- It's her right. But of course her brother hates the idea. Her brother finally gets back to town after like looking at fences or some stupid manly job. And it's like, how fucking dare you? let our mom do that and she's like mm, bitch you weren't here but and so then all of that happens and um during this time mary kind of goes on this like semi-psychotic break and she ends up having to stay at the sisterhood for like a hot second um which is fine but then she gets out and they're like yeah so your brother's not taking you in because if you haven't been spoken for and you're a woman of age your family has to let you back into the home to like hang tight till a man speaks for you. And this oh, right. Is why... And all she has is her brother and he's married and he doesn't want her. Exactly. And this is why right. the book lost a star. Because I, on principle, cannot give the book five stars when it has that. I don't like it. I mean, yeah. think about it though. It's not the author's fault that brothers are assholes. That's true. She probably has an asshole brother. I'm sticking right. with four stars. Either way. It's so. Fair. I thought betrothed, wait, wait, I thought betrothed is why it lost the stars. Are you down two stars? It's a combo of, no, we're only down one. It's a combo, betrothed, and then the fact that your family can speak for you and sell you for goats. Metaphorically speaking, because they don't have goats. But I mean, like, think about how civilization would be. Like, we would absolutely revert. At least they're matriarchal. See, but that's the thing that I don't like, is that- That it's a matriarchy? Is that it goes too far. It goes the exact opposite, where it's still one gender, 100% controls. And I don't, that's a yeah. personal, like, and I'll, literally all I have is fiction, right? I don't have real I life. I also, though, don't think that women would run the world this way. That's what it is. Is that usually. It's unrealistic woman, that women would expect the whole betrothed yeah. thing to be I think this, the norm. So this was written by a woman, but I feel like a lot of these are written by men and then they have men writing these female roles. But I do I do believe that in a real world, I don't, especially- I don't think women would have it function this way. I think yeah. men would be- It's 2020, life. you know, hindsight and all. I think we're fine. But super focused, wrapping it in. Because we got we it. each had a bottle of wine. We're focused. We're I don't know what you're talking about. I'm eating goldfish. It's counterbalance. Well, I don't have them ready so uh her brother is not will not take her in will not let her stay because his wife is pregnant and uh she's had some like difficulty conceiving and they're worried she might lose the baby is his excuse it's like a stress thing yeah because she spoiler alert oh trigger warning actually on um miscarriage miscarriage yes uh, miscarriage trigger warning going right here i thought so uh she loses the baby and she and also not just uh miscarriage trigger warning but just generic uh difficulty conceiving they just have a hard time and that's a kind of a common theme for about like 50 ish percent it seems in this community they just have a hard time which makes it's sense standard for a post-apocalyptic world there's also a lot of incense like i know that they try not to and they do talk about not doing that incest incest yes incest. i was like incense there are candles <laughs> that's the one i meant so 
nobody has spoken for her because even though henry said he was he asked her when all this stuff with her mom comes out he never comes for her he never makes it official he never like tells the sisterhood he asked and then what a dick even more of a dick her brother is like nah you can't come so she goes to the sisterhood and they're like are you willing to commit your life to us and she's like well i have no other choice will you be celibate yeah and she's like i have no other choice like, well we don't like that answer we want you to be willing to join us they're kind of snotty to her but whatever she joins them because she literally has no other choice i think i think literally the other choice is go join the forest and so like right after this happens uh sister tabitha who was like ringleader ringleader sister sister at this point uh like takes her underground or the cathedral because that's the thing so they're like they're big building in this apocalyptic time they call it the cathedral and she takes her underground and turns out it was a winery before all this happened that tracks which i just love i'm like yeah cathedral winery sure 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 so who drank all the wine all the nuns if they're all still there the bottles are just still down there yep mm-hmm. wow yep. holding out on the town nuns exactly Do they like break one out every christmas they should break it out every time they don't have any babies coming you know kind of help I things so, along anyway general morale yeah so they walk her like super far under the building and they open this like trap door and they open it up and it pops up into this teeny little circle and all around it is fence and all around it are the undead the unconsecrated unconsecrated un whatever's the undead you're killing it you I'm got so it. good at words we it's, understand what you mean so it's fine it doesn't matter i love you all it's, it's irrelevant my, it's my birthday you can't argue with me so they exactly. uh and so she's like, well, this is kind of creepy because, like, in this little circle, there's a gate where you could just shut people out. And she's like, this is weird. Like, this is easily a way to shut people out into the forest, which is guaranteed to kill them. And she already, since her mom turned, um, Mary has kind of stopped believing in God. She's like, well, why would God ever allow, like, both my parents to turn? Why would God let my brother stop caring about me? Free will. Exactly so but she still is like well i literally have nothing else to do i'm gonna hang out here with the sisterhood and they're like you cannot uh until you've read the scripture five times so you can't speak and so she reads it through and she finishes it her five times and she doesn't tell anybody because she's like it's kind of nice to not have to talk to people which totes get um and then one night she's like in her room and she hears all this screaming and all this commotion outside and she goes outside and travis who was the guy that she's in love with is getting like brought in and turns out he had like fallen and has an open femur fracture and uh they don't they like they think they said it right but they're not sure which is like another really big annoyance i have which is generic apocalyptic time is that like people just like give up on doctors and people who have this knowledge but that's a conversation for another time so either way so they're like yeah we're pretty sure we said it right he may never walk again if he does walk he won't walk correctly um but mary is only allowed to speak if it's for uh prayer 
but she's obviously in love with Travis, so she, like, goes to him regularly and is, like, kneeling down, like, praying, quote-unquote praying for him, but really what she's doing is she's telling these stories, and there's these stories are the stories that her mom told her as a child, and they're stories mm-hmm. about the ocean and how it's this huge thing of all this salt water, and it goes on forever, and so she's basically retelling these stories and she's like lying and saying it's prayer and then he gets a little better and he kind of joins in on the lie and then um randomly one day so she's like still there he's still trying to get better because they're like yeah he's gonna be here all winter long which is actually pretty typical for femur fracture but so she right especially in that time because it's only thing oh. can heal it any quicker and that's something you just set and heal yeah it just yeah. is yeah, even if you were to break your femur today, it's like, okay, stay off you, it for USOL for three months. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so then she uh yeah, so she's there one day. Sorry, I hit my mic. So she's there one day and um there's like all this commotion going on, like in the room next to him. And she's like, kind of like, what the hell is going on? Um, and then turns out there's this outsider who has shown up. And she's like, what the heck? But I think at this point, and I might have, I might be joining these, but she has snuck out of her room and in to Travis's room. So she's not even like really supposed to be there to learn about this information. And so she like kind of, she like jumps out of his two floor or his second story window, but thankfully it's been a giant snowstorm and there's a huge snowbank that she falls into and she's fine. Um, But yeah, so there's this outsider who shows up and she's wearing a red poofy vest and through like random things she finds out that this woman's name is gabrielle and um later she like finds out it's like gabrielle and then she like because gabrielle like blows on the window and like writes like little messages and she writes in roman roman numerals it's like xv111 or i don't remember it doesn't really matter but basically mary is like obsessed with this at this point and then all of a sudden Henry comes back and is like, yeah, no, I totally, oopsies, I totally meant to, like, speak for you, my bad, I kind of forgot. Um, Henry seems, like, weaselly. 1,000%. Absolutely. And so, later it literally comes out where Sister uh, Tabitha, because Mary kind of has questions, right, because she doesn't believe in God anymore, she's super questioning. But you can't ask questions. I get it. You don't ask questions of the sisterhood. And basically, no, Sister Tabitha is like, well, I procured you a husband. Why are you still asking questions? So basically, Sister Tabitha went to Henry and was like, you're going to fucking ask her. This Sounds like life. it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so that kind of happens. And then there's this whole, like, ceremony where they're supposed to be, like, bound by the wrist overnight. And, like. Oh, right. Yeah, like, like literally tied by rope together or something, and they're stuck together all night. Literally, and yeah. Get, and if they cut want the next day, yeah. And if they cut it in the middle of the night, that means that they've broken their engagement bound. or bound yeah. or marriage yeah. or whatever. And so she does that because then cause it's like she, last call for. <sighs> yeah, because she had kissed her and Travis had kissed like on this hillside, and Travis and she was like, "You're gonna come for me, right?" And Travis like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." He never really says yes. Travis is in the cast because she's the blonde. 
Yeah. So she just kind of keeps holding out for him and he never really comes. And she's like, okay, whatever. But then, so she's bound to Henry, like literally tied with like two feet, maybe a foot. I think it's probably two feet if we're being honest between the two of them with this rope. And they, she wakes up in the morning from this dream and the sirens are going off. And the sirens mean that somebody is either like there's been a breach or somebody's been bit. And she's like, oh, must be just be somebody like my mom. Someone got bit. But then Henry is like, Mary, pay attention. We have to do shit. This freaking turns out there's a breach. And then they manage like procuring this like seven-year-old boy. Doesn't really matter. It only vaguely matters in the future of the story. Uh, and so the whole town has these like structures that are super high up in the tree for when this happens. And you climb up them. And once I'm full, you're supposed to pull up the ladder. So that way the undead can't climb up. But of course, right. everyone panics as we are literally learning in our real life. We literally talked about earlier in this episode that when people panic. Yeah, they panic real big. So they all pull up the ladder without the structures full. And so they're running and they have nowhere else to go. But Mary had found this random path that she was pretty sure is the path that Gabrielle had come through. And she's like, this is where we have to go because it's not locked. It's literally like a little, little flip thing. And so she could, they go on this path and they're fine. Wow. So, so they, secure. Yeah. And so they survived that. And then her brother and her sister-in-law and her brother has kind of given up on her. They show up like later. And then also Travis and Cass, who was her like best friend slash ex-best friend, but you can't be ex-best friends because there's none of you. Basically at this point, there's six of them, seven of them in this teeny little, uh, fenced hallway type area out in the wilderness and a dog. Because Henry got her a dog as like a yay, we're betrothed. Yay, here's a gift. I love gifts. <laughs> Which also is like Argos dogs. and it's a dog, so that one was fine. I'll allow it. But yeah, so basically it's the rest of the book is Mary just being like, No, there is an ocean out here and I have these reasons, and everyone being like, You're a fucking idiot. Maybe people are still alive in town, and her brother being like, Yeah, no, we came from that. Nobody is alive. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. And so, but every time they come to, like, a cross-section, they find out kind of later, but that if you, like, kind of dig under the dirt, there's, like, these metal bars, and there are Roman numerals, like, carved into these bars. They don't know they're Roman numerals, apparently. They just think they're letters. I'm not sure what it is, because they've never seen Roman numerals. Yeah, because, you know, apocalyptic times, future, we have to forget everything we know. Uh, I'm not better. It's fine. But Mary, I mean, think about it, though, generations from now, if they didn't specifically pass on that knowledge, why would you know? Well, I'll make sure that the offspring I don't have, that I have adopted, know. You can let my offspring know what Roman numerals are. I, I will. will put that on the Krista schedule. Thank you. I will Krista, make sure they know. Saturday, Roman numerals. Yeah, and they're going to be like, why are we learning this? And they're like, because. You'll see. You are going to live in apocalyptic times. Someday I will be long me. dead. Maybe. Either way, oh you'll be leaving God. me behind. You need to know. Um, Ridiculous. But, and so they're based, they're literally just like following these like paths that are like in this forest. And all these paths were supposed to be completely cut off, but the sisterhood has been stocking them with rations this whole time. And so everyone is just like, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of them are like, well, why the hell? Like you were, and like people are like, Mary, you were in this sisterhood. And she's like, 
no one told me anything. I don't know anything. She was in it for like two seconds. Exactly. That was mine. I was like, she was there for three whole She weeks. wasn't like an elder. She was yeah. like the newest initiate. They yeah. don't tell, no one tells the pledge anything. She finally got allowed to sweep. Yeah. But Come of on, course, guys. like, you know, people are children and they're not thinking straight. And then they're like, Classic. Because like, Henry was an apprentice to the um, guardians, and he was like, "Why didn't I know about this?" And her brother was like, "You were an apprentice, you fucking loser!" Like, what is? No one tells the apprentices anything either. Okay, yeah. everyone needs to like get off their high horse. So, anyways, so they're kind of ro- like wandering around all these things, and finally, Mary is like, "Hey, like, she thinks there's a pattern going on, and she starts tracking." Like, when they make their turns, because if they hit a dead end, and they need a backtrack. So, she's kind of tracking these things. And then, finally, uh, they make it into this other town. Like, this other community, which is where Gabrielle came from. And there's all, like, there are signs above buildings that are, like, selling the wares that they have and all these things. And they have all these kind of higher up, like all the homes are higher up where the undead can't go. And, but so they walk in and they're like, yeah, it's super quiet. And they don't realize that it's super quiet because there's literally nobody there. Um, and then finally the undead come and they get like branched off into these separate buildings. And then they have to figure out how to get from one home to another. And there was a sky bridge and it fell and they're not very good at archery so they're not really good at like launching ropes over um but basically the whole time mary has pretty much like stuck to her plan that like the ocean exists and it's real even though everyone is like you're a fucking idiot i don't want to spoil if she ever finds an ocean or any kind of body of water because this is a like what is it? It's a trilogy. It's a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've read the second one, but I don't think I've read the third. The Dead Tossed Waves, which is the second. I know I've read that one. And then the third is The Dark and Hollow Places. No, I did not read that okay. one. Yeah. So it's a trilogy. So, like, I don't want to ruin kind of like, um, because just a lot of people die, like, in general. <laughs> there's a lot of dying. Like, there's in a this lot, book. a lot, a lot of death. So I don't want to ruin that and tell you who dies and who lives or if she finds her ocean or kind of what happens. So I think I'm going to wrap it up there. But like I said, I would definitely give it four out of five stars. One, um, because of the reasons that I already said. And then the only other one is that there's a lot of things. And I think this is just like, I think technically this book is probably a yaw book. And I was going into it thinking it was more of an adult read. But there oh, it's definitely, yeah, I think I read yeah. it in high school the first time. Yeah, because there's definitely a lot of, and this just happens generically in yaw books, um, where, like, things are happening, and, like, they have thoughts, but they don't want to say them out loud. They don't want to tell the person how they feel, and you're like, oh, my God, if you literally just said it out loud, we would be fine, and we wouldn't have any of these problems. That's but, true. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a super quick read. Like, I blew through it in no time at all, um, and it was still really good. Like I said, though, it was not at all what I thought when I was like, oh, apocalyptic undead times. 
totally different. That's kind of why I like this book and yeah. part of why I recommended it and gave it to you because I was like, I know she likes post-apocalyptic and this is like a totally different way to do Completely that. Like that's why yeah. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so unique. Yeah. Especially with like, cause I mean, and I will admit, I read a lot of apocalyptic type dystopian books, especially y'all ones. Like that's kind of like my main genre. Um, but no, yeah, I really liked it and I totally recommend it. That worked out really well. I'm really glad we both liked the books that we picked for each other. We should do that for each other more often. We really should. We probably shouldn't wait till like once a year to do that. Maybe we can do really it for though. birthdays and uh, and our half birthday or unbirthdays, half birthdays. I like to celebrate my half birthday. I'm going to be honest. I mean, why not? Yeah, I think that would be fun. And it'll be like the very end of her one year anniversary. So I think we should yeah, plan for it. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, let's do mm -hmm. it. We'll do it. Yeah. Especially since we're the same age this year, so it's even better. Yeah. So it's even better because I'm not aging. Because you lost uh, a year. Yeah. Speaking Congratulations. of quarantine because of COVID-19, so for our next episode, we're going to do we, – you came up with a really clever name. Do you remember what it was? It was like quarantine picks. Yeah. It was more right? clever. It was something. It was the, was the same it? gender. We had a really we'll fun name. with it. It'll come back to us. Basically. Well, you wanted to do quarantinis. Yes. I think that's where you're coming from. So basically what we're doing for our next episode, if you guys want to come hang out, is because most people are either self-quarantining or, you know, we're just trying to, like, be, like, decent human beings Or right for now. real quarantining. That's true. You could be on a true, real quarantine. Uh, and one, Amazon is no longer uh, shipping essential items. And they do not consider books essential. I think we'll have a For word. For real? With them. Yeah, it, they're not essential items. We'll have a word after this. Oh my god, I'm upset. Yeah, and my local library has closed, and I'm pretty sure yours is. In the majority around the pretty country sure. world, have probably closed. So we are gonna do books off our shelf. A book we have not read that has just been sitting on our TBR that we just never got around to reading. This is perfect for me because I've literally packed almost all of my books, but then my shelves are empty. So I just keep buying more books. Oh, so I have a few. Have, mm -hmm. So I'll pick one. I actually bought one for Christmas for myself. So I think I'll oh. read that one. It's It's got a pair of shoes on it and some like dirty leaves. So okay. it's promising. I'm going to guess someone is kidnapped or missing. Or they just lost their shoes. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm ready for this, yeah. though. I have perfect three idea. between, so I'll just see oh. how I feel. If I guess As a little added thing, home. are we still going to do quarantinis, where oh. we have to yeah. make a drink from whatever we have left in our yeah. store? So we're also, so normally we drink wine. I don't know if you all have discovered or noticed that. I think they've noticed. I really <laughs> hope so, because we don't try to hide it. So we're going to also <laughs> do quarantinis, which I one, I'm not going to lie, I stole the name from This Podcast Will Kill You. And if you're looking for a podcast about diseases and things, check them out. They didn't tell me to say that. I'm just saying that. But they have we just like them. And so basically, we're going to make a drink from the things that are in our house. Or the things that we said were super necessary that we went out and bought to make our quarantinis. What was worth risking? The COVID. Yes. 
because if I'm being honest, I haven't planned for much, and I'm probably going to have to go out and buy proteins and vegetables anyway, so I might as well buy I'm going to need limes at least. Exactly. Somebody told me limes were out the other day. They, <gasps> I got some today, but they're going to be bad by our next episode, so... Mm-hmm. You're going to need more. I'm going to need more. All right, I guess we'll see. Or maybe yeah. I will make some crazy concoction out of the random seltzer waters I have. It's going to be we'll delicious. See. We hope. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening and celebrating my birthday slash Rachel's Yay, late birthday with us. We love It's a month all. of Rachel. Have we met? It's a month of Rachel. Well. Excuse me. That's what my family calls it. it, so I will stick with it. Okay. I like it. It's mine. Yes. But Krista's birthday's in there too, so I love that. Yeah. We'll it's sneak perfect. it all in. <laughs> we'll sneak it in there. Um. You can check us out on Instagram at Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? And on Twitter, we are IIPYB underscore pod. We also have a website, Isn't It Past Your Bedtime.com, where you can check out all the books we've read before. And maybe now that we're, well, Rachel's working from home, I might finally get stuck working from home. Maybe we'll finally right oh my god we have a blog that a we've blog never updated i'm about so about other books maybe we'll finally do it we're please, terrible please don't hold us accountable to that we can't be trusted life really happened to me this year so i just have not had time to write nor been in the headspace for writing but we'll get there you guys i promise i'm done with emt class and my fire academy has been postponed <gasps> i can so read you. for enjoyment you Last night. I'm so excited. Yeah. Last night. Came home. I was like, gosh, I could read. But I'd already finished our book for this episode, and I didn't want to start a new one and put a new one in my head. Before I can just we pick... picked books for the next yeah. episode, I get it. I can pick any book now. No, you can. I'm so oh. excited for this. We're ready. <laughs> Anyways, everyone, we love you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Tell, Stay tell your other quarantine buddies to listen to us, and we will talk at you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.